It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The three major U.S. stock benchmarks are on track to close at records simultaneously for the first time in 16 years. This amid surprising earnings. Macy's, for example, surging now by 17.5%. The S&P 500 index up 12 to a record 2188 a gain of six tenths of one percent nasdaq up 30 also at a record at uh, 5234 a gain of six tenths of one percent dow industrials at 18,631 climbing 135 points up seven tenths of one percent gold down 830 the ounce now to 1339 a drop of six tenths of one percent crude oil up 3.9 percent a barrel of west texas intermediate crude up a dollar 64 to 30 uh, 4335. 4335 right now on West Texas Intermediate. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so very much. It's time now for the ETF report, and it's brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100% satisfaction guaranteed New York City Realty Investments. See them at nria.net. Internet. E-commerce, online shopping, how can you profit from it? Well, let's find out. Returning now to our own Catherine Cowdery for today's ETF report. Global e-retail sales are expected to soar past the $1.5 trillion mark by 2018. That's according to Statista. And yes, there is an ETF aimed at tapping into that growth. It's the Amplify Online Retail ETF ticker IBUY or IBUY. Christian Magoon, chief executive of Amplify Investments, on why his firm decided to launch the ETF this year. Even though a lot of people are familiar with online retail sales, it's only 7.5% of U.S. To- total U.S. retail sales. So we think there, um, this, this has room to maybe double or triple over the next four or five years, and we've seen research that supports that. Magoon says there are three types of companies in the ETF. The largest allocation is traditional retailers. It's about 60% of the ETF. And these are companies like Pet Meds, um, companies like Land's End that are doing, again, 70% or more of their sales from uh, through an online channel. iBuy has $2.7 million in assets under management and an expense ratio of 65 basis points. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. 
The world of retail. Taking a look at Macy's today, the shares are higher by more than 17%. Why? Well, the company announces that it will shutter more than 100 stores. That's about 15% of its base and cut jobs in order to combat sluggish traffic as well as discounters. Here to tell us more is Oliver Chen. He is Managing Director and Senior Retail Analyst at Cowan & Company. Oliver, thank you for being with us. Tell us about Macy's and their plan to fix what is a struggling retail empire. Yeah, what happened today in Macy's were the comp store sales were better than feared. So they came out still negative, negative 2.6, but Street was looking at a negative 4.7. So better than feared combined with very uh, low bar in terms of the sentiment into the print. So what's happening in retail right now, um, Pim, there is a bit of a retail revolution because quite simply um, the customers have been moving faster than retailers and what customers want. And the biggest problem is just getting people to walk into stores. There's so many distractions. There's, it's so much easier to shop online now, and people have stores in the palms of their hands. So there's a new bar in terms of interesting people in terms of just walking in the store. So store traffic's a big problem. And closing 100 stores was applauded by the street uh, because that's part of the process as Macy's really tries to uh, focus, focus as well as get uh, closed stores, which make less sense to them in terms of sales productivity. Um, so we're really seeing a modernization of, of Macy's on many levels. So, Oliver, what will Macy's look like then? Uh, is this the end of, you know, the big department stores? We know it. We know that going the other direction, there's been companies like Warby Parker started out online and they're opening bri- brick and mortar after brick and mortar after brick and mortar. Yeah, Kathleen, I think it's it's really interesting. I mean, our view here at Cowan is, is the future is bricks plus clicks. So we even see concepts like Warby Parker, you know, open stores and really try to embrace the customer. You know, Macy still has a, a really compelling assortment. You really need to touch and feel and uh, get get into the store to understand fashion, and that's a key point. But we have to see Macy's really excite millennials and Generation Z folks who are really interested in in looking at Instagram feeds and traveling and and experiencing uh, great things that they can brag about online. So Macy's needs to reinvent itself and become a cool, exciting cultural institution again, and that's going to require change, change with product assortment, change with service, and change with how customers interact with the store. Shoppers are selfish. We're selfish with their time, and we're looking for value, value as it applies to your time as well. Oliver, I wonder if you could comment about the competition coming from stores such as Zara, H&M, Topshop, Uniqlo, Forever 21. They're not closing stores, are they? Yeah, what, what we see there is a, is a healthier environment. And, Pam, um, they have really done a great job. The bottom line on, on a lot of the fast fashion is speed. So we're moving towards this, this generation of continuous shopping, seasonless shopping. You know, I want what I want when I want it. So you're walking into store and you're seeing collections online and you really want that now. And a lot of those concepts have executed that extremely well with great supply chains. So it's up to retailers like Macy's to, to really face that in the form of assortment and speed. Um, and, and we're seeing, you know, strength with that because 
those fast fashion competitors you named offer good speed, good prices, and customers do not want to wear one brand head to toe. They're really not uh, shopping that way anymore. So uh, contrast Macy's to Kohl's. Very different response today. Yeah, you know, Kohl's was also, uh, it was an inline comp, and they guided EPS down. So it was also a better-than-feared story, a little bit different. They don't have as an aggressive as a store a closure plan right now, and it's also going through transformations with, with the brand portfolio. Uh, but we still saw some nice stock upside at Kohl's as well. And, um, you know, overall today, this better-than-feared uh, scenario which played out has benefited both stocks. Tell us about Nordstrom. Now, Nordstrom perhaps is in a different category, perhaps more upscale, but I'm wondering if you could tell us about Nordstrom. I mean, it was founded as a shoe company, and it has some of the same issues that uh, you talk about with Macy's and Kohl's. Yeah, what's different about Nordstrom and what, what uh, investors and others should realize is Nordstrom has a nice portfolio because it was early to online, so we have a nice, attractive online mix of business of high teens to to 20%. It has Nordstrom Rack, which is 20 to 30% of the business. And then it has the full line. So we see a portfolio of concepts and you contrast that against Macy's, which is really just starting an off-price concept. And then if you think about retail at large, you got to remember TJX and Ross. Off-price has really been in the sweet spot. So Nordstrom having that portfolio combined with being a customer-first organization, very focused on what customers want, even at the expense of margins, um, has really helped prepare it for the long term. That being said, there's still problems in retail, and we're cautious. Well, Oliver, what in the heck can Macy's do? You just said, oh, they have to do these things. Okay, someone makes you the head of Macy's. What are you going to do, Oliver? How are you going to change Macy's to have them compete with online shopping, which is growing all the time? Well, they, they, Macy's is still one of the biggest players in retail, but Amazon is a huge factor with convenience. But Macy's knows vendors well. They can get exclusive product made from Macy's. They have a tremendous brand equity and household appreciation, and they have um, really strong acknowledgement of the situation and a very good management team who's rationalizing real estate. They just have to move fast. They have to make stores fun again. They have to add experiences. What I think they're doing now is pivoting to offer more service. So when you walk into Macy's, you don't really want to see messy piles of stuff. You want to see someone that really helps you navigate. You also want to have fun. You want to do health and wellness, too. So maybe um, you could exercise in the store. You could get some health and wellness, um, a juice bar, restaurants, uh, watch an art gallery. What? Macy's has restaurants. I think they could expand it further. I mean, I think there's all these opportunities because the main issue is this traffic situation. So uh, they have to really offer the consumer kind of double duty and, and refocus everybody in addition to clothing. Does Terry Lundgren really have what it takes to turn Macy's around? I mean, he goes all the way back to Bullock's and uh, Federated department stores. I mean, if you can go back to the 1990s when Federated and Macy's combined, uh, that was seen as a way to create a retail juggernaut. 
We are uh, excited about management because Terry knows the organization. There's a, a new CEO coming as well, and they, they really understand you know, how to impact the large organization and what the problems are now versus uh, what the future can hold. So Macy's really does face challenges every every three to five years about reinventing itself. Uh, a setback is a setup for a comeback, and they've been aggressive about communication here. We do have a market perform rating on the stock, but I'm um, I'm I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about what's possible, and I'm excited about what, what can be possible. Albert Chen, that's a great phrase. I'm going to use that. A setback is a setup for a comeback. Well, you can apply that to a lot of things in life. But Oliver Chen today, Managing Director and Senior Retail Analyst from Cowan & Co., applying it to Macy's and its management. You can follow Oliver at Cowen, C-O-W-E-N, Research. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.